Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this edition of the Victory Bells podcast. Brought to you right here in the Hypnotic Donuts studio. I'm Will McKay, joined by my main man, Matt Claire, down there in H-Town. And uh, how you doing today, Matt? Doing good, Will. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. As always. Well, well. I mean, it wouldn't be the podcast without you, would it? That's true. Yeah, you kind of had to I mean, call me. I mean, it's, it's kind of a requirement of doing said podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's that time of year, Matt. And, and by that time of year... It's the weather's warming up, wouldn't you say? It's getting a little warmer outside, getting a little nicer. Yeah, most days I mean, anyway. it's yeah, it's really nice down here in Houston. Not playing at all. We've had like a little bit of light showers, but uh, went to the baseball game the other day. I mean, it was like almost almost cold and breezy, but uh, perfect because I know it's going to be like disgustingly hot here yes. pretty soon. And when it gets disgustingly hot. You know, you know, we all love hypnotic donuts, and when we all enjoy a good donut, you know, especially I think in the colder weather and in the morning. But uh, you know, once it once it gets to you know the middle of the summer and it's like ninety five degrees outside and scorching hot, is is there anything that you just you just love on a on a nice hot day, Matt? Anything else in in the dessert dessert uh, dessert part of the world? Oh man, I mean, just donuts from hypnotic well it just sounds sounds like the best well i tell you there, there's something that you can get from our, our friends at hypnotic if you aren't looking for the donuts in the in the summertime you know when, oh. the, weather, when the weather gets a little hot and uh that would be the sister store over at the hypnotic emporium and uh, what they got over there and i think what everybody loves in the old uh old summertime is what we call good old homemade american ice cream you you a fan of that yeah i've been known to take down a, a few bowls of ice cream myself Maybe maybe at a time, multiple at a time. Yeah, you know, yeah, can't get crazy. <laughs> can't get crazy, but uh, what I will tell you guys is that uh, it's about that time of the year where the weather's warming up, and if you don't want donuts, like I said, go check out, instead of Hypnotic Donuts, go check out Hypnotic Emporium next door in Dallas. Uh, if you guys are looking for some homemade ice cream, maybe some Sunday action, you know, may, maybe you kind of get real crazy and you go with like the ice cream cookie sandwich. You ever seen one of these things before, Matt? Like I the, have the at the baseball sandwiches. game. Yes. Oh yeah, yes, yes. They've got those. They also have this thing, and 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 I don't know if my brain can process this. It's called a donut stuffed with ice cream. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, you flash heat it, and it it all it all just works together with some real magic. The, mm. the, I don't know if my brain can comprehend how, how that works. Yeah, me neither. I'm but, I'm definitely interested to to look into that. So, well, like I said, if you are interested in looking into that, you can go check them out. It's a sister store. It's right next to Hypnotic Donuts in Dallas. And we'll also tell you guys they're opening up a second Hypnotic Emporium's location in Mansfield in June. So, like I said, this summer in the warmer weather, you want to get a little treat for yourself in the afternoon. Launch hop on over to the old uh, Hypnotic Emporium. How about that? Agreed. I, I if if I were in town for the Frisco scrimmage this weekend, 
I would definitely go to one of their mini locations in the DFW area and just just kind of see what this is all about. I think that would be a smart idea. So, uh, Frisco scrimmage. Speaking of, we're going to get a bunch into that and a bunch into spring ball. But uh, wanted one more pressing matter that you and I wanted to kind of get into and touch on here as. Uh, college basketball season came to a close earlier this week with a national championship on Monday night that was, unfortunately, was an absolute snoozer of a game because Nova wiped the floor with Michigan like they have most people. But uh, that, that being a Nova team that you played, Texas Tech, that being earlier on uh, the week before. And a little news in Texas Tech basketball this week as freshman phenom Zaire Smith decides he's going to declare for the NBA draft, and, and if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you're aware of this, and you, and you know all the details, but uh, I guess first, Matt, you know, for, for, from you watching as someone that doesn't cover it as closely as I do, just what were your thoughts on, on Zaire as a kid that was a freshman that I think that you'd probably agree just was kind of center stage for a lot of the NCAA tournament and was just one of those guys everybody was talking about? Yeah, I mean, in, in, uh, I think you could say that for – I mean, not just tech outsiders that don't normally follow basketball, but even just like folks that don't follow basketball until the tournament. It just seems like, you know, Zaire Smith's that one guy that you could say, you know, look out for this guy. I mean, he's always making like one crazy play per game or flying in from out of the camera angle and just, you know, slamming it home. Um, But I mean, if we look at it from the prism of, you know, the, the one and done era that we live in, um, Zaire Smith didn't necessarily fit into that bucket. No, he didn't. Um, and he was a three-star type of kid. Um, I guess if I'm equating it to football from basketball, I mean, we're talking like a five-five, three-star type of guy. Yep. You know, not very heralded. Had some other late offers, um, but kind of came in and just made his own way. And so, uh, I wish him the best of luck. I think the real line in the sand here is, you know, whether you know about the news or not. Um, he is not signing an agent. So it's something that Zach Smith did last year and was able to pull his name out of the hat uh, eventually and, and come back for his senior season. So it, it very much still could be that uh, he's on the team next season. But, you know, for me, it, you know, from from when we first started seeing him really take off and become a, a critical member of the team, uh, it's something that we're about, but not until lately when a lot of the mock drafts have started coming out and he's, you know, picked within the top 20 or first round, you know, it's, it gets to the point where, you know, you're almost like convincing a kid to, uh, I don't know, turn down like a $2 million check to come back to college for a sophomore year. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're looking at it through, Hey, I want to see him come back to tech for a season, you know, I get it, but just the realist in you is like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, if, if let's say for example, if a team in the top 20 wants to draft you and maybe you aren't ready, but I mean, maybe you have a chance but, to develop, maybe it's the right situation, you know? Yeah. But, but, but wouldn't you agree? And I think that as fans, and I think it's this way with every professional sport and even the college sports where I think that people get caught up in the thought of a player being ready. You know what I'm saying? Where it, it, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about, what scouts or coaches, either one, what they see potential-wise from you for the future. And I think whenever a coach can say, I see these raw tools and I see this in this kid's future, that's what these guys are looking for. Because coaches and scouts, they have, if we're being honest, they have a ton of confidence in themselves to be able to get the most out of these prospects. So to me, that's what it's about. It's about as a scout or as a GM – when somebody looks at, at Zaire Smith, do they say, 
oh, wow, I see all this raw potential, and we'll teach him how to be a shooter and how to play on offense more whenever he gets here. Because I think if, if, if that's the thought, then I think that you're going to see him go in the top 20 in the, in the NBA draft. If, if, the, if the thought is, well, he's a really good defender, he's a freak athlete, but we, we, we'd like to wait a year to see where his offensive skill set goes here, then I think that he maybe he drops into the second round. So um, I, I think that's the thought process. And again, like you said, Matt, he hasn't hired an agent, so this whole deal is a matter of him testing the waters. And from what I've heard, he's not actively looking for a reason to leave, but I think the thought is if he gets basically first-round guarantees, he'd kind of be stupid not to leave at this point because – Unlike the NFL, and I think a lot of people you know that are going to be listening to this are very familiar with the NFL Combine and the NFL process where the money's not guaranteed in the NFL. In the NBA, your contract is fully guaranteed, meaning you know even if you're drafted at the end of the first round, you're going to make two mil a year, period, for however long your contract is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have like a ton to add yeah. from from where I had left off, only for the simple reason that, um, you know, these these kids, whether it's football or basketball or whatever sport we talk about, um, they are next level athletes. They are dedicated to the game. And uh, at this point in time, you know, he has the opportunity to not hire an agent and see where he stands. And from every article I've read, you know, even if he's top 20, you know, he's looking to. Uh, I don't know what it looks like after agent fees and stuff like that, but you know, to to go from college freshman to a million dollars in the bank, you know, and and potential for millions more. I mean, yeah, that's 19, one thing. At nineteen years old, yeah, yeah. All all I will say is that um, you know, if we allow ourselves to to take that out of the equation for a minute, um, there are areas of his, areas of his game that could definitely improve, There's right? No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. And and so that's where some of that comes from. However, it's kind of, you know, it's also disingenuous to say, oh, well, if he comes back for a year, then he'll definitely be top 10, you know, yeah, because it doesn't yeah, yeah. work like that. No. Um, you know, Tech might not have the Cinderella run next year. I mean, that's just, you know, matter of fact, right? I mean, we don't know that they'll have the same circumstances and the same run. Um, but above and beyond that, um, do you have the same mix? And, you know, are Chemistry, you able to yeah. yeah, showcase yourself? So, uh and then you look at, you know, uh, it's it's an unfortunate part of the conversation, but if we're going to use Zach Smith and as, as an example of someone who also didn't hire an agent and eventually came back, well, you know, then he broke a bone in his foot or whatever it was, yeah, that's what and, it was. and missed a big chunk of the, the year. Now, luckily, he was able to heal pretty quickly and come back, and he can try to recoup some of that draft stock. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's always the risk and it's the same thing in football, right? You start to see some of these guys sit out meaningless bowl games and it's because, you know, they've waited, they've worked hard, you know, why go play in the beef jerky.com bowl, you know, when you can just go get ready for the draft and make millions of dollars. So, um, they've got to, they've got to weigh all that. I think, you know, to me, I know short term it would suck, but to me, I think this is a, a huge win-win for Texas Tech, Agreed. right? Because you're going to hold on to Beard. Uh, and never in your wildest dreams did you really think you were going to have a one-and-done type of situation. You've let never, alone a you kid. never have had one. He's the first one. Never. Player. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and uh, to make it, I don't know, even more appealing, he's from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I just think that gives Coach Beard, you know, as much as, you know, you, you agree or don't agree, like, the one and done coaches, those are the ones that are getting the McDonald's All Americans. They're the ones that are getting these guys that, 
you know, have the potential to come in and be like all world players. Um, I mean, we're talking guys like, you know, Kevin Durant, um, Michael Beasley. I mean, I don't know. There's countless examples. Trey Young this year. I mean, everybody knew from day one he would be a, a one and done. But same thing when Zaire Smith signed, it was all right, cool. We got this really athletic guard from the Dallas Fort Worth area, and that was that. It wasn't like, oh, nope. cool. Yep. In the one, we're in the one and done game now, right? Yep. And that's what I said. Knowing this staff and how well they've already recruited, as Beard and them have, you, you can't tell me that they won't go out there. And if if he if he if he leaves, you know what I can do? If I'm Chris Beard or I'm anyone on his staff, I can sit down and say, hey, man. I took a three-star player that had like four power five offers and I turned him into a one and done. You want to come play for me? Yeah. So to, 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 Absolutely. Me, to me, it's, it's an easy sell. And I think that you make him the, the poster child of your recruiting moving forward uh, here for the next year or two. So, uh, yeah, and there's so many, like to me, the only last thought I have on, on Smith is, you know, he may have some areas to work on, but I mean, there's just, he just jumps out of the gym and there's so much, he's there's so such smart. a lack. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a lack of parity in the NBA right now to where there's just the haves and the have nots. And so as a, as a middle to late round pick, I mean, he could really land in the right situation yes, to, to become, you know, to, to really develop as a six man or a, a depth type of player. Uh, until he's able to to really work his way into the mix or the, the well, I mean, I mean, some of the places I've seen him projected, like like for example, the one that I think would be awesome for him was like going to Minnesota and playing for the Timberwolves. You're not tell me that's not an awesome situation to be in with a super young roster of a bunch of superstars where he can come in and learn from all those guys. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, I saw another one. I think SI had him going number twenty two to the Spurs. So which would also be a great know. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I don't know all the dates and all of that, but I think the important thing to note is just that he could always change his mind and, and pull up, pull back and, and come back to school if he doesn't like what's going on, and uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens, and like you said, uh, as far as dates, real quick, the next important date is March 16th, or excuse me, uh, May 16th. That's whenever the N- NBA Combine starts, the Draft Combine starts. And uh, that's a four-day deal where they run them through all the, the combine drills. Uh, they have them play five-on-five five games. They run through interviews, all that kind of stuff. So that's whenever he'll kind of figure out where he sits as far as what GMs and what scouts think of him. And then he has until June 11th to make a decision to come back or, or to go into the draft and hire an agent. So uh, it's going to be a couple months. I think a lot of sitting around and not really knowing. But uh, in two months, we'll have an idea and, uh, you know, eager to see what happens either way there. And uh, I guess, you know, not not the easiest, smoothest transition in the world, but let's let's kind of get into what things have been going on spring football-wise, Matt, because that's kind of our next big evolutionary thing here this spring is now that basketball's over. Uh, and, you know, for the first time in a while, spring football started, you know, before your basketball season was over. So I think that it's kind of easy to have kind of missed out on a lot of the early goings-on in spring ball and, uh, kind of a weird schedule this year where they go a week and then they have spring break and then they finish it out. So kind of an odd deal, but uh, spring ball is underway here, Matt. And uh, actually you're 11 practices in whenever we're recording this. So you've only got a handful here left. So uh, yeah, Matt, I, I guess, you know, for you, what were your thoughts coming into the spring and uh, what was it that, and we'll get into it with what I've seen and everything, but, but for you, what were the things coming into the spring that you were really looking at as far as this team? 
Well, I think we talked about it a month ago or so. Uh, quarterback, obviously. Uh, running back with Ward now being back in the mix. D-line with, uh, you know, guys coming back, but Thomas leaving and, you know, seeing who kind of steps up from that uh, large class that was taken a couple years ago where you, you know, on the one hand, you can say that you have depth, but what, what kind of depth do you have? Um, other than that, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, correct me, you know, if you have any, but I mean, outside of that, at, at linebacker and defensive back, I have no concerns. Right. Oh, I guess the other one that we talked about was wide receiver, right? Yeah. Who steps up? Who's the guy? Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, who can, who can kind of take over there? But outside of that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we didn't, we didn't it's pretty really, dry, right? Yeah. I mean, but I, I just think the big takeaway is, you know, there's a lot more questions on offense than there is defense because really you're only replacing one starter on defense and, you know, you're adding a bunch of depth. But I think, you know, through the course of going to Midland and then this weekend in Frisco and then wrapping it up the following weekend in Lubbock, uh, you know, far be it from us to get on here and talk about, you know, what has or hasn't happened over the course of a spring football practice because uh, nobody wants to hear how the defense has improved and all that. But I just think you can kind of find out what type of depth that you have, right? It's good to have depth, but is it good depth, you know, and do you have guys that you can rely on? And I think, you know, it's it's really interesting because you've got a defensive coordinator with all these starters coming back, but a guy who's been recruiting for three full years. Um, so that depth that he's built, those are his guys, and, and now we get to see him kind of start to put it all together. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and I think that's been the funny thing for me, Matt. You know what I've seen so far this spring. Uh, you know, I've been out to Midland, and I've been out to, to a number of these practices here so far. And what's really jumped out to me is that defensively, it, it's funny. I even find myself like not paying attention as much to that side of the ball, which is which is you know never ever happened before. Where I just look over there and I know all the names, I know all the faces, and I'm like, okay. You know, just kind of wave it off. I'm like, not worried about that group. We'll figure it out. Because, you know, you just kind of make the assumption that they're going to be good next year. And whether that's right or wrong, because it's all the same guys that played last year. And, you know, mostly the same pieces in the same spots. And still interesting to see how things work out at nose between Nick McCann and Joe Wallace. Uh, McCann's been running with the ones all spring, so we'll kind of see what happens. But uh, other than that, I mean, the rest of it's kind of, you know, you kind of tidy it up on defense and everybody's the same. Sure, You've added some pieces like Nelson and Banasaur is playing quite a bit in the mix on the D-line. Then you go to the secondary where guys like Adrian Fry and John Davis and uh, Thomas Leggett and uh, even Abraham Wallace, all those guys have been in the mix in the two deep in the secondary. So, yeah, I think those are really the only differences on that side of the ball. Now, whenever you move over to the offensive side, it's a totally different, completely, utterly, however you want to phrase it, story where – when I was in, in Midland, Matt, and this is the craziest thing to me is is I'm looking out there when the first team offense runs out there, and I'm having to put you know write down numbers and make sure I know who guys are, and uh, I'm like, is that who that think that is, and and all those kind of things, especially yeah. at, especially at receiver, which is the craziest thing because T.J. Vasher is the only receiver you bring back of any production. Here here's a number for you, Matt. You lost 71 percent of your receiving production, whether it's whether it's yards or touchdowns from last year. Wow. And, and I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, you, you just got completely different faces and names there all across the board. And for me, that's just been the thing that watching the spring, I just, I don't know if you have your answers yet because 
I think Antoine Wesley's been really good whenever he's been given opportunities, whether that's in the slot or on the outside. He's played both. Uh, but really, other than him and TJ Vasher, it's just been kind of a rotating door of a cast of a bunch of different guys, whether you talk about uh, Dante Thompson getting quite a few reps as kind of like a tight end and slot player, whether it's you know Sterling Galban's played some, Milo Royals is playing quite a bit, uh, you know, Quan Shorts, I mean, on and on and on. Dalton Rigdon, it's just all these different guys that we haven't ever really seen play at all, including some, you know, two guys that are seniors at the at the H spot in Daquan Bowman and JoJo Robinson, who we we literally have not seen them play hardly at all, and they're both seniors and, and they're going to play a ton. So, for me, Matt, that that's just been the biggest concern is what's going on at receiver. Yeah, and and it's you know. All that being said, it's a good reminder to stop and say that it's April, the first week of April, right? And so even, uh, you know, in a negative light, you know, just because, I don't know, I feel like I had to interject with that is, you know, last year you watched Jonathan Giles at the Frisco Spring Game. So just to give you, I don't know, that little piece of of mine. Uh, um, But the the other reason I say that is, you know, these guys that make plays this weekend or these guys that are like throwing the ball or doing whatever, that doesn't really mean anything uh, for the fall because you mentioned a few guys in Royals and Galbon, but then you're going to have more freshmen come into the mix. And that's kind of what's interesting to me as we follow recruiting so much is, you know, are these guys going to reps? Are they going to get on a field? Um, you know, how do they split up the, you know, how do they, how do they do this at receiver? Because that can be pretty yeah. important to uh, future recruiting and, and the success of the team this year. So, There's no doubt. Uh, you know, offense, 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 throw the ball around. That's what Tech's known for. Uh, if they don't have receivers who can go up and get it or get that separation, you know, it makes it tough to to have that type of offense and, and that type of production. So, anyway, I don't know. I guess the other thing, since you have been at practice, um, the other thing is you've got a new offensive coordinator. So what could you tell us, you know, in terms of your impressions or what you've seen so far? Yeah, with Kevin Johns and and what Coach Kingsbury said going to spring, he said they hadn't decided who's going to call plays yet. And from what I've kind of watched, Coach Kingsbury is still signaling things in from the sideline. But what I'll tell you is, is that Kevin Johns, while, while Coach Kingsbury is on the sideline, uh, John stands behind like the offense on the field and he's barking out a lot of different things, like telling a lot of different guys things he thinks. And uh, he'll grab the quarterback maybe one play. He'll grab an offensive lineman one time. Uh, he'll tell a receiver that he didn't like a cut he made. I mean, he's you can just tell how you know much his fingerprints are now going to be on this offense. But schematically, from the naked eye so far, there hasn't been a ton different. I think you definitely, absolutely, from what I've seen, you are absolutely trying to run the ball more. Uh, it's been much more 50-50 this spring from what I've seen than it's ever been in the past as far as even what you're trying to do. And I think a lot of that, too, has to do with what you've got at quarterback, whether that is Jet Duffy or McLean Carter, where those guys can run around a little bit and you're running a lot of read option stuff. Uh, there's a lot more RPO stuff. Lots of stuff to me that seems like, one, you're trying to go to more of more balanced of an offense. Uh, I think you're trying to get bigger in your blocking schemes. You're using more fullbacks and more tight, like tight end type bodies. Like I'm not, I'm not saying you have like a full on tight end because you don't really have one. But whether that's like I said, Dante Thompson or Tyler Carr or Mason Reed, all, all those guys are getting a lot more snaps than they have ever before. I think, and I think that's just by design of what you're going to try to morph some of this offense into. Uh, here as you try to become more balanced so 
that's been the most intriguing thing to me, I would say. So we'll see what ends up happening. But anytime I've ever interacted with Coach John, the thing I'm, I'm most impressed with is just how sharp he is, how articulate he is. Uh, just seems like he is a really bright guy that really has a good grasp on what he wants to do. And I think that he and Coach Kingsbury will, will very much co-collaborate on where they want this offense to go this fall. And I would guess over the summer is when they make a if, – if they're going to make any sweeping changes, I would guess that's when they do it. But overall, it just seems like they're going to try to run, run run the ball more. And if you ask me as far as who's going to run this offense, I think that and, – and, Matt, you, you'll get to see some of it with uh, – whenever you get to see some of the stuff from the spring game here in two weeks. But – the thing that just jumps out to me is I think that Jet Duffy is your number one quarterback by a considerable margin. I I, I would just say, I think yeah, I read that, your report. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I just feel like watching him throw, watching him run the offense, it just it, it's got a different cadence to it. It's got a different rhythm to it. Uh, I think he's more decisive than your other quarterbacks. I think he's he's really showing off his arm strength more than he ever has before. I've really liked the zip on his arm. Uh, just really seems like he's calm and collected whenever he's running the offense. Uh, I think he's turning it over a little bit too much right now, and, and I think you got to remember he's just a redshirt sophomore again and still trying to figure some things out. But I, I, I like everything I see from him, and I think he's far and away uh, your leader under center right now. But, but what I will tell you, Matt, and something interesting, and you and I have seen him throw before at Rivals Camp, Alan Bowman has absolutely jumped off the page at me as far as, and I know other people he has too, as far as he's making some really good throws, uh, throwing into tight windows, playing with confidence. And from what I've heard, I think really has gotten a good grasp of the offense for how old he is already here right out of the gate. So does that mean maybe he has a chance to be the, the actual backup this year? I think he certainly is starting to talk himself into that conversation. And I don't think that was the thought coming into the spring. So, um, We'll see here, but but again, I think Jet Duffy, you're a clear leader at quarterback, and I'll ask you, Matt, but but I think that for me, because I think of what you believe is coming back on defense, uh, because I think you're going to have a veteran offensive line here, I just feel like the, the quarterback position, even more than it's ever been in, in a number of years, I think that that is ultimately going to be the biggest influence on wins and losses and success or failure this season. I mean, 100%. I think, you know, and that's why that's why, you know, it's hard you, you might go this weekend and you might see some really cool stuff uh from from Jet, but at the same time I don't think that would make anyone comfortable enough to just say we got it all figured out. Um but I was getting the the sneaking suspicion, you know, at, even before reading your report that 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 was kind of coming to fruition because you know, you hate to judge somebody off of one game um, but just kind of knowing how hungry Jet was to get back in there and knowing his makeup and, and what the coaches could do with him, I thought he could, you know, edge out um, McLean. It's just that he doesn't have that experience. So while all that might be great in terms of potential and all that, yeah. the, the only thing that gives you pause if you're a Tech fan is, you know, you've got all these returning starters on defense, you've got depth, you know, you're in a position to sort of put it all together, and now all of a sudden – um, you know, you got a guy who at this point could or could not, you know, be turning the ball over right in, in yeah. the big 12 when all the guys are coming at you full speed and sacking you and trying to pick you off and doing all these things. Um, we'll see. Uh, I think that with this offense, I, I think it'll, it'll alleviate some of that along with the, the offensive line 
you know, progression if Jet can just kind of tuck it and go. And we saw that from his high school film, uh, but but also the limited film that we've seen from practice. You know, it, it seems like he's got some zip on the ball. So um, I like hearing about Bowman, too. Um, that's that's why these guys compete. That's why they graduate early and get in there. Uh, but really, it's just one of these things where at the end of the day, time will tell. Um, I think that we also the, – the reality is, you know, whether it was innocent – um, dumb, whatever we want to call it. Um, you know, Jet served his um, punishment, so to say, and that group that, that got in trouble with all the stuff that, that's happened while we were on our little hiatus here on the podcast. Um, you know, they, they've got to clean that up. And um, hopefully they do see him as that leader. Hopefully, you know, he can command that room and command that uh, huddle. But I don't know. It's we've never seen it before, so it's really hard for us to get on this podcast yeah. and say, you know, I saw him for ten minutes at practice, and I think we have our answer. Um, and and we really won't find anything out over the next two weekends in these scrimmages either. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of my you two can, cents on on the jet situation. The most you're going to know is potential, right? You know, you know, what I'm saying where you can see the best and say this is what he looks like if he can play his best but you don't know what it will look like once the live fire starts. And, and, and I just think that's the case with a lot of these guys. In fact, I know, you know, early on that, you know, Pat Mahomes, whenever he was, you know, here, that in practice, he wasn't the greatest practice player. You know, he would he would make mistakes in practice, and he'd, he'd you know, do some things that you'd say, what are you doing? But then whenever he gets in a game, it just, the light comes on for him, and he just makes big plays, you know, from day one when he started starting. So I just think that, Sometimes, no matter what you see in practice, I think you can see the potential, but I just don't think you know how they're going to react in in, in, in whenever the bolts start flying. Yeah. And I think especially with a guy like Duffy, where in practice, you're not going to let him run around like you would in a game. Uh, and I mean, funny enough, you know, speaking of, and I'm obviously not saying he's going to be this kind of player, who knows, but, you know, Coach Kingsbury always says that with, with Manziel at A&M, they didn't ever know that he was going to do what he was going to do, even in practice in fall camp, because they didn't let him run around and they didn't let him do all the things that he would do in games ever. That that was just what whenever the lights came on and you know people could hit him, that's just what he started doing because he yeah. could. And so I, I think Jet has some of that in him. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying he's that kind of player or is going to be that, but but I think that there's some of it you just won't know because of what he can do until you put him in situations where he can utilize it. No, I wholeheartedly agree, and that's kind of where I was getting at, and that's a good example that you provide is, um, you know, you, you like the potential. The potential um, la- even even this time last year, we kind of knew that Nick had waited his turn. There wasn't a lot of, you know, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of, you know, oh, there's a competition out there, right? No, everybody um, knew. yeah. Yeah, and, and at this point in time, you know, Jet was dealing with what he was dealing with last year and, and didn't play in this Frisco deal. So, um you know, hope, hope, hope they've got that all figured out. Hopefully, you know, like I said, he can command that locker room. Hopefully, he can command that that offense, and and he's their guy. You know, if what you're saying is is true in terms of the separation between him and the other guys, um, but none of us will know until he comes to take old miss, and that's quite the uh, it's quite the first start. But you know, again, this is a this is a kid that that led his team to the state title while. Uh, while nursing a, a bum leg, so I mean he he's definitely been there on the big stage, and I don't think he'll shy away from it. 
I, I'm interested to see it all kind of come together. And another thing is, is when you just look at, you know, for a minute, if you allow yourself to look at the quarterback position, but just look around the Big 12, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a sort of a, a similar year um, across the, the conference in terms of new faces open, and yeah. guys that are coming back from freshman seasons and stuff like that. There's not... There's not really that that big well, group of three or four you know known well, quarterbacks. Well, I mean, think about it. You've really only got one true big time stud incumbent in Will Greer at West Virginia, right? Like he's like the only like big time dude coming back. I mean, sure at Texas you can talk about you know their guys, whether it's you know Sam Ellinger or whether that's you know Shane Buchel. Uh I guess at at uh, at Iowa State that that kid's going to be back as a senior again this year, but, I mean, he's not some dynamic playmaker. Uh, and everywhere else, I mean, you've either, like I said, you've got, like, like at Baylor, you've got Charlie Brewers coming back, uh, and, and all these other spots. Oh, you, you're going to have a new starter at TCU. You're probably going to have Sean, 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 Rob, yeah, Sean Robinson, yeah. probably. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but it's a year where it's wide open, and it's an interesting year in the Big 12 where I think there's lots of unknown, Matt. Yeah, but I mean, even as you list all of those guys, like I'll take Charlie Brewer for an example, right? I mean, Charlie Brewer was Charlie Brewer was going to like Texas State probably yep, before that new coaching staff took over, um, and he came in and and again, you know, these Lake Travis guys that that come in, they have the experience, kind of slinging the ball around, yeah, running yeah. an offense. Um, so so good on him, but it just goes to show you that. You know, even as a true freshman, he was able to come in into the Big 12 conference and kind of take what was given to him. And, you know, he's got extremely, you know, high accuracy um, and, and good downfield numbers. If you look at all the advanced statistics, I'm just saying there's nothing that's going to stop a jet from doing something like that. It's just. Of April is extremely difficult because. We could fast forward and be completely wrong. Well, I mean, Baylor, uh, Baylor thought a new Solomon was going to start. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. And a lot of that, I mean, I guess if we drill down on that, a lot of those, you know, they're playing from behind, they're chucking the ball around, whatever, whatever. Um, but if we kind of bring it back to Tech, what my, my main point is, is that across the league, you've got some names, you got some guys that have done some things, but you don't, outside of Will Greer, you don't have anybody that you're like, oh, that's, yeah. that's that guy, right? You know, and, and you have to remember, though, um, there's any time, right? Any time. And I think this all kind of, we kind of delved into this all because we're talking about turnovers and the newness of it all is, yeah, I think we probably maybe mentioned this with Shimanick last year is when you do have this new guy at quarterback, when you are bringing in someone, especially someone without the Big 12 experience, they're just they're going to probably have a game where they, you know, mm. turn the ball over, stink it up a little bit, and and it's just going to happen. I remember even some of the best at Texas Tech having those games. Graham Harrell at home, you know, you can go down the list. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to just to see, you know, do they hit the ground running? Is it rough against Ole Miss? You know, what does that look like? But, uh, but yeah, I think I think we're all just kind of eager to to really see what this thing looks like on offense, and that's such a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, after almost a decade of saying we need defense, we need defense, and then you know having yep. yeah having quarterbacks graduate, plug in the next one, go go go. So there's there's half of me that's like yeah they'll be fine. The other half is okay. Well, you know now we've got yeah. this quarterback that can run a little bit and do some things, and you know you never really question Kingsbury on the quarterback stuff. It's just But you kinda lost 
you've kind of lost the invincibility factor after last year, though. You know what I'm saying for the first time. Well, I mean, that's true. But at the end of the day, right, Nick Shimanick is playing in, what was it, the Senior Bowl and, and yeah. going to the Combine. So it's hard to, like, from a development standpoint, like, it's all still there. Um, I just think if you look at it through the lens of, okay, Duffy is something that, you know, he's something completely new, right? You haven't had, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, you've had guys that can move the pocket, throw the ball downfield, that's great, but you haven't had any guys that just pull it down and just go. And so, you know, there's some good and there's some bad to that when you kind of advance a level. But I'm – I am and we're just really interested to see how that develops because normally we're we're worried about the DBs. We're worried about the defensive line. We're we're not worried about wide receivers and quarterbacks at Texas Tech, right? So it's just an odd thing to sort of delve into. No, there's no doubt, Matt, that it is. And like I said, this has been the most like topsy turvy spring team, whatever I can remember, because like you said, for the first time ever, you're all your questions are on offense and they aren't on defense. You know what you're gonna get out of that group on defense, or you should, you feel like. So uh hopefully they get it figured out this spring. And uh like you said, Matt, we're gonna get to see that again on Saturday at the star here. And speaking of that, real quick, we wanted to touch on uh just kind of that event this weekend. And I think probably first and foremost, uh looks like you're you're gonna have north of a hundred kids there as far as prospects go. So uh, Matt, for people that don't know, just kind of could you kind of break down what the, kind of the the rules and regulations are as far as what these kids are or aren't allowed to do as far as being around the team and all that at this deal on Saturday? Yeah, so this is considered an off-campus event, and and basically what that means for the Texas Tech coaching staff is, you know, it's it's very similar if you think about uh, Tech playing Baylor at uh, Jerry World, right? right? The way it works is every year the home team can uh, host kids and, you know, the visitors can have X amount of visitors. But the way it goes is, you know, you're allowed to be around. You're allowed to experience the experience, but you're not allowed to talk or interact with the coaches while you're there. And that's very similar to how it will be on Saturday. So um, this is really in the truest sense, this is marketing and branding for you know, yes, the 2019 class, but more so the 2020 and the 2021 class. And uh, I think, you know, a week or two after this game last year, a lot of folks thought, okay, well, you know, this was a pretty sweet deal that Tech got this first year of the star. No way they're going to get that again. Obviously, they got it again. Um, And I think that, you know, here we're doing this on a Thursday night. I think we've got almost a hundred names. And I remember the, the morning of the game, I think we were at 130 something. Um, yeah, but in a nutshell, you know, the kids are going to come They're uh, they're going to get a a pass. They're going to be able to come down onto the field and watch the team warm up. They're going to be able to stands, enjoy the game back down on the field afterwards. and, And that's that, um, really, what what this is is you know the coaches doing some marketing, doing some of that brand recognition there in the DFW area, uh, so that when they walk in later for the spring, they can say you know yeah coach I invited your whole football program mm-hmm. to this deal and a lot of a lot of your kids had fun and, and that's why we get the reactions of the you know the five foot one one hundred and thirty pound whatever right I mean it's just there's a lot of kids here. Uh, but more so, you're just you're really kind of spreading the good word about the double T and kind of kind of loving up some of your top targets as well. Um, but quite frankly, I mean, you guys listen to this. If you're not a member, go to the board. I mean, there's going to be some surprises in there. There's a 
there's a prospect that's committed to a Pac-12 school. There's a Rivals 250 athlete. Um, there's some some interesting your top you know, quarterback target, yeah. Exactly. So um, there, there's definitely some some interesting things going on there, and and you know whether there's immediate momentum or long term value out of the the efforts this weekend, uh, it's yet to be seen. But I mean, I see it all as a positive. Um, you've think. got you know you've got a location factor, and this just bridges that gap and. Um, you've got a lot of the, the good thing is you got a lot of the kids that over the past month came for a junior day now coming back for this and you got a lot of those kids that, right. And, you know, we mentioned the things that we mentioned a minute ago about the top quarterback target and this, that, but it's also kids that, you know, they are waiting for the coaches to come through in the spring and evaluate them. And we are as, you know, the, the folks covering the team and as the fans, uh, that that read our work, we're looking to see who they offer and and how many they're going to grab at these certain positions. So I think a lot of that'll play itself out here over the next month or so as they host all these kids. They wrap up spring ball, and then once they wrap up spring ball, they're going to have a few days off, and then they hit the road for the open contact period. They do, and again, Matt, we will see how it plays out. But the most interesting thing here for the first time, this is how we'll wrap it up. Uh, the most interesting thing here for us is this is the first time we're starting this month. You can have to start taking official visits in the spring. Yes. So in, intrigued to see if Tech ends up participating in any of this here in April through August. You know, I tend to say no, and here's why. Um, I think that if you look at the evolution of Kingsbury, um, I think they've gotten away from – Florida recruiting from heavy Louisiana recruiting Very uh, now. Yeah. from, you know, I can't say not heavy Juco, but not like California and stuff like that. And that's really the only type of kids that I could see that, that say, I want to take my official visit, you know, early now that I can, the one kid I can tell you that will take an official visit is Jacob Zeno. But I mean, that's no, yeah. sure. But that's no secret, right? We've been telling you guys that yeah. for weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to point that out, that's, that's really the only guy right now that's given us any indication that, that he would, you know, take his visit in that fashion. Other than that, I just don't see them being big players in the whole, you know, visit during the spring deal. That's all. I mean, and, and yeah. I'd be surprised if I was wrong, uh, but a very, very well could be. We will certainly see here, Matt, as the spring goes on, but I agree with you. Um, don't think they're going to have very many, but uh, should have a pretty good crop in next weekend, though, for unofficials for the spring game, too, it looks like. Uh, we'll kind of have that list starting to go in for, for next weekend, starting on late this weekend, going into next week. So uh, while, while this weekend you're obviously going to have like 100 kids at the star, next weekend is the one I would say is the most important, wouldn't you, be in your spring game? Well, yeah, because you get some of those kids that are uh, – I mean, look, I think the the star and what the Cowboys have done out there is phenomenal. Very At the cool. end of the day, this is a pep rally slash scrimmage, and they're not even going to really scrimmage, right? They're just going to do situationals, and yeah. it'll be fun for some of those kids. I don't want to be the glass half-full guy, uh, but we do have to mention that anytime you've got – I mean, the situation is what the situation is. Like, you've got a coach on the hot seat. You know, he was able to stick around last year. And, you know, due to staff turnover or due to some of that uncertainty, right, you didn't have, like, full speed ahead in terms of recruitment and momentum towards the end. And what I mean by that is, you know, out of the 130 kids that you had there last year, 
really only, you know, three to four of them were in the mix and yeah. committed and indoor signed, um, it, which isn't terrible. But I just say that to kind of temper any expectations of, oh, well, we're going to kill it in the Dallas area now and we're going to get three commits this next week. I don't foresee that happening Man. whatsoever. But in terms of what you said and in, in getting the kids to Lubbock, there's more cachet in that, right? It's, it's a fun time to go to the star, see all that, see what tech's all about, watch the team a little bit, right? That's great. But to be in Lubbock, to see the locker rooms, to see the facility, to be around the team, to kind of get a feel for the city, that's much more valuable from a recruiting aspect. And like you said, you know, of course we got, you know, almost 100-plus prospects already listed here. We do, you know, through the efforts that we've made reaching out to prospects, you know, there are another, I don't know, 8 to 10 kids that said, no, I'm not going, but I'm going to Lubbock next weekend. So uh, we'll get all those posted, like you said, later this weekend. And we'll add to that list. But I think, you know, most notable, again, is just going back to that quarterback target and Jacob Zeno, who's going to be there this weekend and then in Lubbock the following weekend. So that is very positive if if you're sitting there as a Texas Tech fan and, and reading right. that update. And I would, with Jacob Zeno, I would just say pay very close attention to where things are going here the next couple of weeks. Uh, not saying he's going to pull the trigger here anytime soon, maybe. But I just think that you're in really good position right now and – and, and about as good as you could be, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got – I just think that this – this the way everything's kind of folded out with this quarterback class in 2019, you, you're in a best-case scenario. And, and, you know, Jacob Zeno is a huge, you know, long, tall quarterback who can sling it and move around. And I think that – I think that – you know, Kingsbury's got his poker face on, but if you gave him the truth serum, he'd be like, I really want to work with this kid. You know, this is the above guy all, I want. Above all you know. other guys, yeah. Yeah, this is my guy. And so I, I think that's been the conversation on the board is a lot of people have said is, you know, if if Zeno does, you know, commit, would this be the first time since Mahomes that, that Kingsbury, you know, has gotten his first choice uh, of a quarterback? And, you know, I would tend to say yes. I'm not going to yeah. go and debate these different things, but in terms of momentum and who they've targeted and how they've singled him out, you know, I would I would agree with that. And you know, again, you don't want to ever make those comparisons, but it's just there's a big difference between getting your fourth or fifth pick versus your your you know your top pick. There is because I 100% agree because he's the guy that you've handpicked that you've said this is the guy that I want to lead my program in, you know, two three years. So. Yeah, I, I think absolutely, and I think you're in good shape there. And excited to see what happens because, you know, I think I think as of today, in really good shape. So uh, before we get out of here, Matt, any, any other thoughts on your mind? Uh, no, man, wish I could join you guys, but uh, going to have to miss it this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to look forward to getting back on here next week and uh, hopefully taking a look at the, the video. I'm sure they're going to have it on TV so I can record it. But uh, taking a look at just to see – you know, what that offense looks like, what some of these guys look like that we've discussed today and getting your thoughts on another scrimmage. Um, but especially as you get to watch the team practice more and more, just seeing some of these things come together. I'm, you know, they're, they're all, you know, we spend a lot more time on the questions than we do on, 
you know, hey, wow, Dylan Ward looks incredible, right? I mean, I keep yes, hearing that. Really good, yeah, yeah. I, I keep hearing that from multiple people. So, you know, for every question mark, there's going to be some things that pop up and surprise you. Um, this time last year, you know, Justice Parker was nobody to us. Nope. Um, so, so who could that guy be that's laying around in the weeds? And then, more importantly, long term, uh, through the spring and then into the summer. Who are some of these freshmen that can just step in and start to make immediate impacts? And that's interesting to me on both sides of the ball, uh, both at wide receiver and at, uh, you know, defensive back and and defensive line. You know, see what they can do. Right. Um, But we'll see what happens. And and obviously you're going to add the the uh, rice transfer uh, on the D line this summer. So. Yeah, I mean, now that now that it's the first week of April, we're literally two months away from your entire roster getting a, a boost of talent and practices changing and depth charts uh, being challenged. So it's uh, it's exciting times. It is exciting times. Excited to get out to the start of this weekend and uh, see what we get. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. This was the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. See ya.